Yeah, okay. Hallelujah. The booth person's freaking out. She's not seeing any little blips on the thing back there. I'm loud enough without this, but we have to record it. So praise God. So we're talking about growing in the Word this month. Amen. Anybody want to stop growing? Well, I do this way. (laughs) Other than that, I think I'm pretty much done growing in a stature and how tall I am. And thank goodness my feet quit growing. Lord, have mercy. I was I was heading toward 15s, and I said, Lord, have mercy on me, please. But I don't ever want to stop growing as an individual, spiritually, naturally. I, I never stop learning. There never ceases to be a day when I'm at my workplace or when I'm in the store where I don't learn something. And I have these, just, just all day long, you have these little aha moments like, just when you thought you knew everything, you figure find out you don't, right? And so we 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 want to be growing. We want to be learning. We want to be furthering ourselves. You know, there's stories out there of people in their 80s going to college and getting a, a degree in their 80s because they waited all these years and they finally have the time to do it. So they go out and get a college degree. And they, they show them graduating with all these college kids and, and they're like everybody's great grandmother, you know, in the graduating class. So you never stop, you can never stop learning about the things of God. I don't know anybody and if you do, please let me know or let the pastor know, but I don't know anybody that knows everything there is to know about this book. Because there's one scripture in here that says, Eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And there's another scripture that says the volume of the books, if they were written, there wouldn't be room for them in the whole world if everything was written about what Jesus did while he walked on this earth. And so we can, we, we don't, I mean, we think we know we haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't even started to make a scratch in the surface yet. Because there's a lot in here that he chooses to reveal that maybe he hasn't revealed to us yet. So I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. I don't know about you. I, I still see myself sometimes as a baby. Still, still trying to, I'm still trying to reach and, and to grow and to say, what else is there for me, God? Amen. So we're going to start with number two there. We're, I believe Pastor Parker left off talking about a proper attitude toward the Word. Amen? So Acts 2, verse 41. So in the book of Acts chapter 2, we kind of like to run right to that 38th verse, don't we? There's a lot going on in Acts chapter 2 that we kind of skip over sometimes. And before Peter ever talked to him about baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and repenting, he told them about who Jesus was. And he, he went through the whole story about Jesus. How he was 
uh, the answer to prophecies and how he was the Messiah and, and how badly they treated this one that was supposed to be the one they were looking for and how, how awful it was that these, these terrible religious people and all these other ones murdered him just to get him out of their way. And then he kind of says, but that's okay because that was the plan of God anyway. And this same Jesus whom you have crucified, he tells them, is both Lord and Christ. So he preaches the gospel. That's the gospel, the story of who Jesus is, of what he did, and all the things in his prophecies and all that, that he went through to get to that point of the cross. Then when he's all done preaching, what do they say? Man and brethren, what shall we do? I don't know if that was the first altar call, but that's what happened. They, they were pricked in their heart, the Bible says, that something got a hold of them. That's the same thing we need to look for when we're talking to people about Jesus. We're not, you don't have to be sitting down with a Bible study chart teaching them a Bible study. Just tell them about, I don't know, I just, I, my life was this way and it was terrible and awful and, and somebody told me about this guy named Jesus who died for me and I just, and you know, you can just make the story go any way you want to. The point is to, to, to see that that spark in somebody. There's one of our politicians recently that said, there's a spark of divinity in every single individual in this world. She said that. The female politician in Washington. And she was talking about all of the the migrants and all these people that are trying to come over our border. But when she said that, I thought, you know, she's right. Because God said that he breathed into man, mankind, the breath of life. And he became a living soul. And every soul belongs to him, the Bible says. So every single soul out there, I don't care if they're sitting in a bar right now drinking beer. That's a soul. And there's a spark. There's something in them. You know, just like the lady that that came to the church and said, I got this big hole right here. What are you going to do, preacher? I need to hit fill this soul, this hole in my heart. There's a hole out there. Everybody's got it. They're trying to fill it with everything but this. And all they need is somebody like me or you to come along and say, hey, I ain't the smartest pencil on, uh, sharpest pencil on the box, but I can tell you a thing or two, right? This is what Jesus did for me. You don't even have to go to Acts 2.38 right now. Just start getting, getting them falling in love with Jesus and the rest will come. So Peter in Acts 2 and 41 says, then said they, then they said gladly, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So who added them? And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. But their attitude right there, they gladly received his word. So it doesn't say it there, but we know that there was more than 3,000 people there that day. There was a multitude, but only 3,000 people gladly received his word. So that means that there was a whole lot more thousands that didn't gladly receive his word. Matter of fact, it made some of them mad. You ever run into somebody that you try to talk to them about Jesus and they just want to get mad and spit in your face and they don't want to hear it? Like, shut up, I don't want to hear it. Anybody ever run into that? <laughs> Nothing new under the sun, is there? 
But there's there are people that you run into that that God's starting to push that door open a little bit, and you see a glint of light, and you see an opportunity. And they're the ones that that, that are going to keep listening. The more you talk, the more you say, and they're going to you start bringing them along, and they're going to one day be glad they heard that word. How many of us remember that? When I first heard this, it was like, wow. I grew up in a religious family, but nothing like this. So it was exciting. So Peter, you know, like I said, he rehearsed the life of Jesus first. And as it says in Acts 2.47, that the Lord adds to the church daily such as should be saved. So it's not our job to add to the church, is it? Not directly. It's our job to, what, preach the gospel. Tell them about Jesus and let the Lord do the rest. We have a job. He has a job. He gave us a job. He said, "This, this I'll, I'll add to the church. Every seed that the Lord doesn't plant is what? Plucked up. So we let, we just do, do what he told us to do and he'll take care of the rest. There was a Keith Green song that he sang. He'll take care of the rest. All we got to do is do the part we got to do. Amen? So God gives us hope. Romans 15 and 4. Romans 15 and 4. Mr. Vicki, would you like to read Romans 15 and 4? Hope. Hope. What does that word mean? What is hope? I hope I get that job. I hope I can get through these four years of college and get my degree and walk across that stage. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Right? I hope she says yes when I pop the question. Right? It's an expectation, isn't it? I hope it doesn't snow tomorrow (laughs) or the rest of this winter. (laughs) I hope it remains and continues to be a mild winter in La Crosse. But I don't know if it is or not, but I can have hope. I can have expectation. You know, I hope it's going to be a girl. We used to say that. Now we just (laughs) go find out. (laughs) But right And then the grandmother would say, I just hope it's a healthy baby. Whatever comes out, right? And so hope, God give us hope. He gave us this. It wasn't written at first, but somebody, God used somebody to write all this stuff down. Some scribes, some people. And then he used a man named Gutenberg to print it. Gutenberg was used by God? I believe so. God used a German man to create something called a printing press. He put that in the mind of man to do that so that he could get this word out. Because what's the first thing he printed? A Bible. That man was of God. 
He might not have been apostolic, but he was a vessel used by God. Just like that donkey, that mule that spoke to that prophet. Right? So God gave us hope. He gave us this word. Amen? And something about this word, I was talking, kind of referring to it already, something about this word changes us, doesn't it? From the minute we heard it, the first scripture we ever heard, I don't care who you are, it does something to you. Whether you do anything with that or not is up to you. There's a lot of people that hear the word that don't do anything with it. They just kind of shove it to the side. But some people that that word falls on some good ground and it starts getting in there and starts working on them. Right? Am I, am I telling the truth? Because every one of us have been there. When that word comes and it, oh, man, why did he say that for? Because it hurt, but it, it gets into our craw and it starts talking to us. Matthew 5, verse 1 through 16, we won't read all that. Matthew 5. Seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And when he had was set, his disciples came unto him, and they opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall, 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 it's going to happen, shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. The key there is for my name's sake. For my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. Our reward's not down here, is it? It's in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And we'll stop right there. So so we are like the prophets of the Old Testament. We are carrying the message that God gave the prophets was for Israel or for whatever group. And we are the ones. We are carrying the message of this gospel. Prophesying is nothing more than just speaking or preaching or something like that. So we can, in a sense, be prophets. Because I can't, you know, there's no way that it would take forever to for Pastor Parker to meet every single person in this city, one by one, one at a time, and talk to each one of them and develop a relationship with them, at least break down some barriers so that, that they would listen to something he had to say, but that's what we're for. Every one of us is a minister. Every one of us is a vessel of honor for his purpose and his use, aren't we? I'm not just telling you that. Do you believe you are? You got you, you don't even have to answer out loud. You you have to answer for yourself. <laughs> so this word is planted hopefully in fertile ground and when it is it's it's going to produce something. And his word helps us remain focused. Doesn't it? You know, before I started reading the Bible and even before I got in church somebody loaned me a Bible that had belonged to their husband that had passed away. 
And I, it was the first Bible I ever saw that, that wasn't in the Roman Catholic Church. The ones I saw when I was a kid growing up were these great big humongous things. And I'd been an usher, uh, I mean, an altar boy. And I mean, it was big. And it was, I mean, they reverenced that book. And we would carry that thing out there and it had real thick red binding on it. And we would read one scripture, and I mean, it was, you know, they reverenced that book, but they they didn't encourage anybody to have one. You just you listen to us; we'll tell you what's in the book. Well, somebody gave me one of these, and I went I, for some reason I went right to the book of Proverbs and started reading it. Just I don't know if it was easy to read or what. It was a King James Bible, but it just started ministering to me, and I didn't know that then, but it did. And so little did I know that word was getting in there. It was doing something. It was, that seed was being planted. And the person that gave me that Bible, they weren't really in church. So it was just, I just looked back on all that and believed that God was orchestrating all that for a reason. He doesn't do anything by accident, does he? He doesn't think stuff up as he goes, right? Because he has a plan, Right? And he's, if he knows the end from the beginning, that means he's already at the end of the plan, looking back and watching it happen, because it's happened already to him. So he's not waiting for each day like we are. He's already there, right? So he helps us remain focused, right? And gets our focus off of, you know, when I, when I started reading the word, and when you started reading the Word, when you started coming to church and hearing the Word preached, at that time your focus was on other things, right? Because life is just that way. But as you started coming to the church and hearing the preaching and reading the Bible yourself, stuff, your focus started changing. Like me walking away from that life in the gym. My focus started changing. I started willingly laying things down and saying, I'm not doing that anymore. Because, man, the Word says this about that. Why am I still doing that? If that's what this Word, if I believe what this book says, i got to stop doing that. Nobody told me to do it. Nobody told me to stop doing it. But God did. He didn't just come down and speak an audible voice. He just let me know in this book. This is Him right here. And that's one of the things I, I desire to do is to, to know this book, like one preacher said, if you learn how God talks in here, you'll know when it's him talking to you in here. Right? Makes sense, right? So we're going to we're going to move on to this next part here, number 3, and we're going to talk about how the word helps us to mature. Right? And we're all still maturing, aren't we? I don't care if you're a senior citizen. We're still in a maturing process. As I already alluded to, you can never stop learning, right? Brother Terry, you know just about everything there is to know about wood, but there's stuff you still learn every day, isn't there? Like, like wow, yeah, right? Right? I mean, there's just, that's why in most professions you have professional development. Nurses, teachers, doctors. Real estate agents, I mean, it's all required. Banking people, it's required. You have to have so many hours a year of professional development, right? 
because things change. Old ways go by the wayside and new ways come along and you got to stay up to speed with laws changing and all this other kind of stuff. So everything's always changing. So you can never have enough of this like I already alluded to. We don't we can't even begin to scratch the surface of what this book says. We don't have time. For one thing, with our lives and everything else, even if if I could spend 24 <laughs> and not sleep, spend 24 hours a day on this book, I still would never even begin to scratch the surface. I'd like to do that. So I just have to believe God to give me the parts that he needs for me to have. Because that we just read that, right? They that do hunger and thirst, it's something you got to do. You got to want to. You got to want to know more. Amen. So we're going to talk about maturing in the Lord. So letter A there says, by putting away childish things. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Sister Linda, would you read that? Corinthians 13, 11. Picture one. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So it says there when I was a child. You can put picture one up, Carol. So we were all children at one time, weren't we? You know, and what did what did we read in that first scripture that we read in First Peter chapter two, verse one and two, right? Desiring the what? Sincere milk. It's that little baby drinking is some milk. And that's that's how we were when we got in church. We were a little baby in, in the Lord. As babes it talked about in that scripture, right? Desiring the sincere. What does a baby want? That's all they want is milk. Just keep sticking that thing in their mouth or they'll start crying, right? <laughs> Until you learn to be a, a better parent, and then you realize sometimes they're just fussing to be fussing, right? They don't always get that you're, you're teaching them that you always don't always get your way just because you start crying and fussing, right? So we we started out like that in the Lord, didn't we? How many remembers? I remember when I was in first got in church, I didn't know any of the songs they were singing until they sang something like "Amazing Grace." Or something I'd heard on the gospel, you know, the Southern Gospel Station, the, you know, every now and then something that, you know, Jimmy Swaggart or somebody was singing, but I didn't know any of those songs, and I just felt so out of place. Does anybody relate to that? Like, oh my gosh, I'm not coming back here. This is weird. This is odd. I just feel so out of place. And right, you just, part of you wanted to go back around that comfortable area in your life around all those old friends that you were trying to get away from. No. Right. Just over time, they well they they had the other kind of overhead with the with the little slide things. Yeah. So, so we start out as a baby, but but a baby keeps drinking milk. They don't stop drinking milk, do they? 
And that mother doesn't, that the mother, the church is the mother, they don't stop feeding that baby milk. Why? Because if you do, that baby will stop growing. Right? So as the early eaters, we are just learning about what, how good milk is and, and the sincere milk of the word. We're getting the basics. We're not, we're not becoming Bible scholars overnight, but we're getting the basics. God is putting a basis and a foundation in our life. And a lot of what's preached and taught, you might just, it might go right over your head. You might not understand it, but you will pick up some stuff. Right? And so we still need a lot of help getting fed. We can't do it on our own at first, like that little baby. It's just probably at right about that age when they kind of start reaching for that bottle and taking it to themselves, right? So we can get, we can start kind of taking it to ourselves, but we still need somebody to fix the bottle. We still need somebody to kind of feed us, right? Letter B, by cultivating our understanding. The word helps us mature by cultivating our understanding. First Corinthians 14 and 20. Sister Bell, would you like to read that? All right. Um, go to picture three. I skipped one, but that's okay. Just click on it. Double click it. Got to hit the presentation. We will go on. Maybe she'll get it up there. So as we grow in our daily walk with the Lord, we get to the place where we can start to feed ourselves. And the picture is supposed to be of a little baby with a handful of oatmeal kind of with it up against their face. And you've been there when your when your little ones started learning how to eat on their own and you would put that bowl of oatmeal in on the on the tray on the high chair and with a little spoon in it and they would just take the spoon out and set it to the side and start grabbing handfuls of that and just because they knew if I put it in this hand and put it up here it'll get in there and I can taste it and eat it. And it's everywhere. It's all over their face, right? And that's how we are sometimes. As we grow in the Lord, as we begin to, you know, we, we don't know all the scriptures. We don't, might not know where all the books are in the Bible when, when the preacher starts naming off scriptures and we're, we're shuffling, trying to find, where is that? Is that in the New or Old Testament? Right? But we're trying. We're trying. It's messy sometimes, but we're trying. Right? And so we, we've got to keep going. We got to keep growing. We got to keep moving in that direction. We so we can start feeding ourselves, sort of. Once again, we still need somebody to fix the food, and they can put it in a bowl in front of us, and we can get it in our mouth. But like I said, it's still messy. But thank God He's He's faithful and committed to us, and He's not going to shoot us down because we're getting a little bit of a you know missing our mouth sometimes, right? Sometimes it just gets a little messy, and but we're getting the nutrition. We're getting in what we need, and it's helping us to mature. It's helping our bodies to grow. You don't see that growth in that baby, but it's happening. 
because each time every three months or whatever time frame it is that you take that baby into the pediatrician, what are they doing? They're weighing it and they're measuring it and they're they're looking at all the variables and saying, okay, this baby's having a good growth, good good everything's happening the way it should. You're feeding it the right stuff. Now it's now it's time to get them off the cereal and get them onto some solid food, right? Ephesians 4.11. We should have had practice. <laughs> I had some really good slides, guys. Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. What were those fivefold ministries for? For the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the working of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So the saints are supposed to do the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ? Is that what that says? So we have to grow... We can't just be a pew sitter and we can't just be a spectator in church, right? As, as, as we start growing and this starts becoming a part of who we are and we start deciding, you know what? I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to live. I'm, I'm walking away from that old life. I'm starting to tell those friends of mine, you know, if you want to come where I am now, that's fine, but I'm not going where you are anymore because God is doing a work in my life and we become bold and we start telling people, I'm not living that way anymore, right? We get a little older and we, we start becoming a little more independent, don't we, as children? And now we can sit at a table with a spoon and a little plastic colored bowl with our little food in it and little sections, and we can actually eat and not get it on ourselves. You might have to have a bib and catch a little bit of it. For the most part, we get it in our mouth. And so, you know, and there's that transition from that little, those little jars of baby food, right? And there was a, one of the pictures was of a little baby with this kind of, you know, spitting the baby food out like, ooh, I don't like peas or whatever, you know, and there's, even as babes, there's stuff we don't like. Why has the preacher got to talk about that? Huh? Why can't he talk about something easy and nice? Why does he got to step on my toes again this this Sunday? He just did it last Sunday. As new babies, we start wondering, has he been reading my mail? What's going on here? Has he been peeping in my window? How does he know I'm doing stuff? Because God's talking to that man. He doesn't know, but God knows what to tell that man to say. And so what is God doing? He's letting us know that, I see where you are, and I'm trying to help you get to the next place, right? Right? So we we were occasionally messy, and but overall we start getting, we really need less and less supervision. And this is really by design when you're a parent, isn't it? You want your kid to get to the place where you don't have to be fixing their meal all the time, right? You want them to get to the place where, if they want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're training them. You're over there showing them how to get the bread. There, there we go. You're a little behind, but go to the next one. That was, that's, see, that's how some of us were. That's how we look to some of the 
seasoned saints in the church, right? Oh, it's one of those messy new people again. But hey, they're here. They're there on the front row. They're trying. They're trying to get everything they can. Right? They don't know that you're supposed to act all dignified now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Right? They haven't learned that you don't, you don't act up in church. Right? You're supposed to just sit there and be a spectator, right? Praise God. We really need less supervision. And that's by design with God, too. We don't have to be handheld. We don't have to be spoon-fed and baby-fed and milk-fed anymore. We are at that place where we can start, we're, we're starting to get this stuff in us and we're starting to memorize scriptures and we're starting to, and especially the ones that minister to us, those are the ones I find easiest to minister to. That's the one where the preacher's preaching something you don't like. You ever set vegetables in front of your kid for the very first time and see that? Oh, man, mom, what about the, where's the peanut butter and jelly, mom? Where's the, where's the cheese? Where's the grilled cheese sandwich? Right? Why do I got to have all these greens and carrots in front of me? But why is mom doing that? Why is that preacher covering that stuff? Why is he touching on those touchy subjects in your life? Because you need it. That stuff's good for you, right? Those vegetables are good for you. Isn't that what your mom said? <laughs> Eat your broccoli. Because it's good for you. <laughs> Eat your carrots. It'll help your eyes work better. They come up with all kinds of stuff. You need this. This is some good stuff. It's not meat yet, but it's still good stuff. And you need to hear this. And it hurts. And we say, ouch, in our spirit. But God's drawing us. He's still pulling us in a little, little bit by little bit. And so... We are caught up. So this is, we start getting a little independent to the point where we can actually go to a restaurant and use a fork and we can actually actually act half civil and not get food all over ourselves and mom and dad don't mind taking us out. We can start representing the kingdom, right? Because that's what we are as representatives of the kingdom. We're ambassadors. And mom and dad sit back and look at little little Jimmy there, and they say, man, look at, he's so grown up now. He's sitting in the restaurant eating his food, and we don't have to step, watch over him every five seconds. He's such a big boy. Isn't that what God's saying to us? I'm so proud of my child. They're just, they're learning and they're growing. Isn't God saying that to us? Well, look at that saint maturing. Look at that. And the pastor sits back and he's so happy to see that you've still been faithful and you're still there even when there's six feet of snow on the ground. You're the only one that shows up because you know that God said you've got to be faithful to the house of God. Right? And all the other, well, anyway. So that, that letter D there, I wasn't sure exactly. I'd never seen that word before, so I kind of came up with the definition of it and sort of letter D means by by the process of accumulation and it's like sediment that builds up over time. Okay? That's kind of what that word means. Like like, you know, over centuries layers of sediment build up and build up and pretty soon you have a, a big bluff like you do down here on the south side of La Crosse, right? It didn't start out that way. 
one little by little, step by step, here a little and there a little, little piece at a time, right? Layer upon layer upon layer. And so each day, each week, each month, month and year gives us more and more confidence in our ability to feed ourselves. And we get to this picture of this teenager where he not only is going to eat that big old sandwich, he made that big old sandwich. And he's so proud of himself and he's going to take a big old bite out of that. And that's how we get. We get so confident that mom doesn't even have to be there in the kitchen, that she can trust us to go to the pantry and get the bread out and, and put the twist tie back on the bread when we're done and to get all the stuff out of the refrigerator, make the sandwich and be responsible enough to put it all back in the refrigerator. Right? Sometimes they do. <laughs> they don't. But the point is, you don't have to be at home. He can go get that sandwich and make it himself and feed himself. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to get to that place. He's building us up little by little, week by week, month by month, year by year, building our confidence up in Him, our confidence in His Word, and in who we are in Him. Where we, we're like, <clears throat> we finally get to that place where we can eat that steak dinner. Now we're talking about, what's the Bible call that? You can't survive on milk. That other, that picture of that teenager that was eating that big old sandwich, Would he look like that if he drank milk all of his life? No. What would he look like? Pretty pathetic, pretty, pretty peaked looking, pretty thin and, and weak and probably wouldn't even be able to stand up or even lift his arms. Just no strength, no muscle mass, no, no growth at all, right? So we can't survive on the milk. Now he's probably drinking a, that guy there is probably drinking a gallon of milk for breakfast. <laughs> after he eats a, a, a Jethro Bodine bowl of cereal, <clears throat> right? Big old bowl of Cheerios or cornflakes or something, right? So we get to the place where the Bible says that we don't need milk anymore. We need strong meat. I don't want to be a baby all my life, do you? I want to mature. We want to mature as as adults, right? We don't want to act like a 15-year-old in our 30s, do we? Have you ever seen somebody like that? You know, I have. <clears throat> okay. I had a cousin that didn't get past about maybe 10 years old in his mind. He was 70-something years old when he passed away, but he was mentally unstable. But that's how, in his mind, he was always like a 10-year-old. Till the day he died. But we, I know that's a, a, probably a bad example, but we don't want to be like that. We want to, we, as, you know, you look at a grown up and you expect them what? To act like they're grown up. To act like they have some maturity. Right? In the natural. So in the spiritual, God expects us to grow in Him. He doesn't, he doesn't expect us to get to the place where we don't have to trust in him anymore, does he? Oh, I can eat meat now. God, I'll call you when I need you. No, it's not like that. This is, like I alluded to earlier, this word right here, we, we haven't even scratched the surface. 
And just when you think you've scratched the surface, you, you find out something, <clears throat> somebody preaches something or you, or God shows you something, so he reveals something to you in that word and you're going, wow. Man, I thought I knew what that scripture meant. Oh man, God. Wow, that, that means that. And it just changes your, I mean, you've been doing everything based on what you thought it meant, but then God shows you what it really means and it changes your whole world. And you're like, man, I got to change some stuff. Just when you thought you were good and grown up in God, you're not, you find out you're not. So we never, we never get to the place. Rarely do I use that word never, but we never get to the place where we've made it, where we've arrived, where we know all there is to know. I've got four, one of the four year, whatever you call it, degree or whatever they call it with PI. <laughs> that looks good on paper. <laughs> I get to walk across that st- and I, I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing PI, but I haven't even, and I learned a lot in that, but I haven't even begun to touch stuff. This picture here is the, the one on top is, a nice healthy meal on one plate and a couple of donuts on the other plate. And then a greasy hamburger, bad food on the one side and a nice big hunk of, why does it always have to be broccoli, right? <laughs> why can't it be something else besides broccoli? Good food, it says. So we get to that point as we age naturally where I mean, how many want your mom calling you and saying, have you eaten your vegetables today? Right? When you're in college, when you're married and you've got your own kids and your mom's calling you and saying, did you brush your teeth before you went to work? You know, who wants that? Nobody. No volunteers, right? We don't want that. And so we don't need that. Why? Because we are self-sufficient now. We can, I know how to get up and brush my teeth, mom. Thank you very much. I know, I know what I'm supposed to eat and what I don't supposed to eat. Maybe. You know, when you know you're on a diet, when you know you're supposed to be minding your diet and you go to work and there's somebody brought in a whole two boxes of quick trip donuts and they're the blueberry ones, your favorite. And you know you shouldn't, but what do you do? You walk away, right? Right after you grab one. (laughs) Just one, not two, just one. And I'll cut it in half and eat half now and half later so I won't feel so bad. Right? (laughs) Right? Spread it out through the day. But that's how we are with God sometimes. We get, we start getting a little confident in what we think we know. And we can, we can start making some bad decisions, choosing the wrong kind of food, right? Maybe start viewing some stuff we shouldn't be viewing. I got this. I'm, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'll be all right. That won't affect me. Don't, don't let the devil lie to you like that, right? Cause it will. We still need God. We still need this word. We still need a prayer life. These are all parts of our growing, right? You can't neglect those things. You neglect eating the right kind of foods and, and doing having a good diet, and what's going to happen to you? It's going to show. It's going to affect you. 
In the natural, it's going to affect your health. It's going to make you an unhealthy person. And in the spiritual, it's the same way. You will become spiritually unhealthy as an adult if you're not careful. We have to remain diligent and realize that we haven't arrived yet. God is still in control. He Just look back sometimes at, you know, where he brought you from. Think about it. I don't care if you've always been in church and never touched a cigarette or even thought about one or looked at one and you've never done any of that stuff that those people in the world do. It doesn't matter. We still need God. We still need his word. We still are in a maturing process. There are men that are preachers and pastors and, and ministers that, that, that pastor churches for years and they think they're doing everything right and they believe with all their heart and they're sincere that they're doing everything. They're, they're seeking God every day and they're doing everything they know to do. And then bam, one day God wakes them up in the middle of the night and gives them a vision about something and it just blows their mind because they're, it, they begin to realize I wasn't doing something right. And in all my sincerity, I thought I was. God, why didn't you show me this before? Right? (laughs) And what does God say? Well, you wouldn't have received it because you thought you knew everything. Right? Doesn't God, I mean, my mom can still call me up and I guess you could say put me in my place because she's my mom. And my mom still loves me. And she's still not afraid to say, hey, I don't, I don't know if you should be doing that. Right? I want God to do that. But God, please don't, don't let me think that I've reached the point where I don't need you anymore and I don't need this anymore and I got this thing. I still need to mature every day, man. So he, he gave us his word to mature us every day to cause us to grow, didn't he? Amen.